this thing. I appreciate you coming. Give it an extra second. Hello, all. Welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal, and I have with me today a very special guest, Michael R. Fletcher. Michael, how are you doing today? I am good. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Do you prefer Mike or Michael? Uh, I am good with either, though. If you say <laughs> it, you'd be snapping like, Michael! <laughs> That's uh, fair. I think I'm in trouble. That's fair. That's fair. So if we go with a nice, smooth Michael, then you should be okay. <laughs> Great Fletch. A lot of people call me Fletch, so. Okay, that's fine, too. (laughs) That's good to know. Well, again, I appreciate you coming. I've talked to you a lot, you know, on Twitter and things like that. I feel like we had some really good interactions, and you've helped me out with quite a few things. And uh, I've been talking about you guys' Wizards, Warriors, and Words podcast. Uh, We got a couple that we've highlighted in particular over the last couple of episodes that will be coming out in the future. Uh, uh, Just different things that you guys have said that I felt really, you know, coincided what uh, like Mark Timoney was on the other day and him and I had quite a few conversations. Uh, So we've been trying to connect a lot with your guys is that way, you know, more people go out and, and listen. And like I said, before we started recording, I feel like, you know, particularly the other day when you were talking about, I like when you talk about a book, like, no offense, you know, like to Dirk or, you know, Jed or Rob or anything, but oh, they're just, assholes. Tons of offense. <laughs> I just really well. like when you talk about a book in particular, because I feel like, like with Crystal's book, for instance, like you just got so excited and I was driving on my way to work, like I normally do listening to the podcast. And I, I literally stopped to the side of the road, rewound it, and then looked up her name again. And then I was telling people about that book and they're like, well, what in particular did you like about it? I said, I like that Fletcher likes it so much. And to <laughs> Some me, crazy like, guy. He likes yeah, it so you know, like, like Adrian's, you know, like when you said, you know, that that was one of your favorite books, I instantly, oh, hey, bud. I uh, got my co-host here, uh, Ranger. <laughs> He's been chilling with me throughout the podcast today. My friends talk. Um, yeah, when, when, like, you know, that was a book that I was like, okay, I really need to find out who this author is. And you guys had him on a couple of times. And I started looking up, you know, the first book and I'm like, that's a brilliantly, you know, brilliant book right there. And every time you talked about in particular, I thought, okay, that's what I like about this genre, you know, and I just feel like you and I have very similar tastes when it comes to authors that we like to read. Uh, So when you mentioned Crystal's book, I immediately put it on my list uh, and I'm trying to go tomorrow and order it actually since the bookstore closed a little bit earlier today because of something or other because of the pandemic uh but yeah i just i like that about you know and then when you're talking to about you know a few things on there i'm just like okay i just feel like your input and dirks are always the ones in particular that really apply to me in particular so i'd like to ask you a couple of those types of questions today um the first one i'm really interested in and i know you've talked about this a little bit on wizards warriors and words but just for our audience, what has your writing journey been like in particular? Oh, uh, all right. The super short version would be shit show. Uh, and <laughs> I think do, that's all of us then. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to try and keep it like fairly quick. So in 2008, uh, while my wife was, or to be wife was planning our wedding, uh, I thought it would be a brilliant time to try and write a novel. <laughs> um, and so while she was doing that, I wrote a cyberpunk book called 88, um, which later turned into Ghosts of Tomorrow. Uh, oh, cool. It was genius. It was the most intelligent and brilliant thing ever written by human ever anywhere <laughs> on any planet. Uh, and then nobody wanted it. Uh, it eventually, after two years of shopping, landed with a Canadian micropress 
like a really tiny, tiny publisher. And I think it sold maybe 50 copies over a couple of years. And I'm pretty sure my mom bought most of those. Um, <laughs> 49, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> and so, but uh, I got super, super crazy lucky. Uh, I got a really good editor. Uh, so Five Rivers was the publisher. I landed an awesome editor, Barb Geiger. Um, oh, cool. She edited 88 and I learned an insane amount uh, from her edits. Um, and she, she was not even remotely kind, but I don't think a good editor is kind. Yeah, that's I think fair. a good editor is like, you know what? You're going to cry. You're just going to sob yourself to sleep tonight. Just get used to it. Then they hand you the tissues, a couple boxes. Yeah. I like, I remember I once got excited when I found a page that wasn't just dripping in red. <laughs> I was like, yes, I wrote one good page. Got one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so I took everything I learned from uh, editing 88 with Barb. And I, I really tried to learn. I wanted to, to be a better writer, right? So this this is my short version. It's not going to be that short. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. And I, I, I used You're my last that. one of the day, so feel free. I, I just got to go get to Shang-Chi by 6 o'clock tonight with my buddy. Right, we're so. good. <laughs> um, so I, I tried to take everything I learned during that editing process. I wrote my second novel, which was Beyond Redemption. Uh, that landed me an agent. That landed a publishing deal with Harper Voyager. Uh, that flopped massively for a variety of reasons. Uh, a big part of that's got to be my own fault because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was still um, under the impression that, you know, you have a publisher and then you're kind of done. They're going to go promote it. They're going to yeah. go make this. And your job now is to write other books. Um, that's not actually the way it works. So I went and wrote other books, uh, like The Mirror's Truth and stuff. Um, nothing happened with Beyond Redemption. It, it sort of garnered this very small cult-like psycho following of extremely twisted, insane people, which is awesome <laughs> because that's who it was written for. That's the best kind of cult to have, right? Like... Oh, fuck yeah. Um, and then uh, Harper Voyager, they weren't, they weren't really interested in, in the sequel and the other stuff I'd written. Uh, because Beyond Redemption, like sales-wise, was flopping like massively. Um, it it did great. Uh, I got like great critical reviews, you know, Publishers Weekly, Booklist, all that crap. Uh, but that just didn't translate to sales. Uh, so there I was without a publishing deal, and I'd written a couple of books, uh, The Mirror's Truth and Swarm and Steel. Um, so I basically decided to hurl myself into self-publishing because it's not like I had a choice, right? Um, self-published those, they sold kind of surprisingly well. Um, kept writing more books. And the funny part is every book I've written I, since then uh, has landed an agent um, and uh, like good agents, like serious agents. And then nobody's been interested in it, in publishing it. So every, everything I have self-published has been turned down by all the publishing world. Um, and then gone on to, on to win sort of awards. And yeah, yeah, as yeah. well in the SPFBO and, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, so like all, all those books, like Blackstone Heart, uh, which has done insanely well for me. Um, nobody wanted it. Like uh, I had fans. Except for fans. Agents. He couldn't sell it. Yeah. Publishers just weren't interested. And yet, you know, it's it's doing crazy good. 
Uh, same with uh, Smoke and Stone. Uh, so that's that's kind of it. I, I fell accidentally into self-publishing. That was never my plan. Um, but now that I'm here, it's kind of working really well. So uh, I'm running with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because just that little short amount, I feel like there are so many things that you have touched on that, you know, were different topics for you guys, you know, on your podcast. And I think are, you know, important things for people to hear. And I, I haven't, I'm, I talked about querying and stuff, but, you know, especially after listening to you guys, I'm like, okay, here's my thing, right? Like there are so many great movies that I thought were great that critics didn't like. And, but they were my type of movies and like, um, Vin Diesel's like the last witch hunter. Is it like Gone with the Wind? No, but it was fun. It was gritty. It had all the parts I liked. And I still go back to that movie as like it did horribly for reviews. But I know so many people that enjoy fantasy and urban fantasy and sci fi that love that movie because of the reasons that I loved it. And I really at that time, so that's probably when I met my wife. That was the first year I met my wife. We were living in Phoenix. My old roommate and I, one of my best friends, went and saw it. And I, that got me interested in urban fantasy. After that, I got the Iron Druid Chronicles by Kevin Hearn. And you guys kind of touched on it, uh, I think a couple months ago in your guys' podcast for one of the episodes. I just think that at a certain point, you know, these companies are going to have to realize that not everybody wants Gone with the Wind as a movie, you know, and not everybody wants this type of book. And I think in particular, I feel that, you know, your sales, you know, Dirk sales, uh, Rob's. I just think that I felt better listening to your guys' podcast because I, I'm like, these are books that are doing really well. I know so many people like my buddy was just telling me the other day, I, you know, it was like, I tell him I talk to you guys a lot on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, he's like, oh, I, I love Beyond Redemption. He's like, that's my favorite book. And, you know, to me, like, that's huge, you know, and so many yeah. people that I know have it really enjoyed Beyond Redemption. So I actually moved a swarm of, uh, sorry, um, uh, Mirror's Truth uh, with Beyond Redemption um, for my next top five uh, for reading. So I'm about five away from Beyond Redemption. And the only reason I did that was because, and I, that was actually a book that I was actually probably one of your 50 sales actually, because as soon as I saw it at Barnes and Noble that I was at, I picked it up and wherever bookstore I was at, I think it was Barnes and Noble. And I was just like, this is my kind of book. You know, I'm a huge grimdark fan and I like unique storylines. I'm so tired of the chosen one and this and that. And I just think that a lot of people don't take those things into consideration, you know, and which I understand because, you know, what do they go with? They go with Robert Jordan kind of thing or, you know, Brandon Sanderson or whatever, because yeah. that's, you know, that's their business and stuff. But there are just, weirdly two different markets for books. Yes, that's a great way and to which, put it. Which I, I, I never really uh, clued into until recently. There is the book buying world, which is kind of like all of the same humans out there. Yep. And they go to Barnes and Noble and their bookstores and whatever their online book buyer choices, you know, and they, they you're right, like Brandon Sanderson, like all the big names, uh, you know, and it's great. They're reading fancy, they're buying fancy, amazing. And then there's this entirely separate market who read either mostly or entirely uh, self-published stuff. And they really, are, there's not a ton of crossover. Like if you talk to a Brandon Sanderson fan, they have never heard of me. They have yeah, no yeah. No, yeah. And like, I'm not even remotely on their radar, but in the self-publishing world, which is like this sort of like deranged little mirror world, <laughs> um, 
there, you know, some people have heard me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, a, some, it's, yeah. A, it's a just it's a completely different world. It's a, it's kind of really cool. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I was talking to Mark Timoney the other day and um, him and I had a conversation. We enjoyed it so much that we split it into two more episodes the same night. And then him and I had a private chat uh, last week and we're going to do another podcast. And, you know, we were like, we have very similar interests, you know. And it, the thing is, though, is that we really like the Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, those kinds of books. But there's nothing like that now, you know, and I really enjoy the Conan books, but it's like nobody's really writing that type of grimdark anymore. And, you know, well, Scott, I Scott Odin, he's got to be the closest to do. Yeah, it. that's yeah, that's what we were just talking about. And, you know, I was even more happy that I bought a gathering of Ravens a couple months ago. And he's actually I'm on Christopher Branding, uh, Branding, sorry, um, Hellborn King, which is I was going to recommend it to you because I, I, I think most people might not be into it for grimdark but i definitely think it'd be up your alley um because like i said i feel like you and i have very similar interests when it comes to you know books and things like that and authors and it, it's been brilliant and i'm really excited to finish the last like 140 pages and uh other than uh rob's never die it's got to be the best book that i've read within the last five years like by far uh so i got him i actually got clayton's river of thieves uh that i threw started to fly through and then i was like i got to finish chris's book uh, and it's hard cause I'm reading Chris's book on my phone and I'm reading Clayton's in paperback and I have years in paperback. Uh, so I got Scott coming there and then I got, uh, beyond redemption after that. But I just think that, you know, yeah, it's, I definitely agree with you. There's definitely two different, uh, you know, types. And that's why I was just talking to Scott about, it. I said, it's my kind of thing, you know, and I just think that, you know, maybe, maybe he's got the wrong market, you know, for, I, I think so. I, I think yeah. Scott would kill if he slid out of traditional and sort of went with the self pub yeah, yeah. Um, crowd. I mean, like he does okay as a traditional author, but I don't think he quite gets the, the sort of difference, you know, like as a traditional author, if you sell 10,000 copies, you're, you're kind of a, you're a failure. Yeah. 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 And you're, you're making Jack, you're probably not earning out your advance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a self pub author, published author if you sell ten thousand copies you probably just made 30 grand yeah yeah it's just like it's a world of difference and because and it's a wider got, reach i think yeah and he's got he has he's been doing this for a while he's got a huge following yeah which in traditional terms perhaps is not huge um but like you know i, I think he'd be surprised at the number of people who will follow him into the self-publishing world oh like, yeah who are just they're looking up his name yeah yeah and my thing is is like you know i was talking to a buddy he's like so what's the difference i said i and i just talked about this with mallory coon too like you know i just think that fantasy in particular whatever genre are, or urban fantasy and even sci-fi really because we look at star wars and star trek and you know just the fandom for sci-fi and fantasy and i even think now historical fiction is going that way too and i think the brothers gwen you know, Edward and William are a testament to that. I think those three genres are, you know, like I will tell you about a book instantly. Clayton gave me a bunch of really good ones that, you know, I'm definitely going to order a couple this week. I'm going to find even more of them at the library. We talk, you know, and we rave about books, you know, and I had people just rave to me about Beyond Redemption. So I was like, okay, I'm like, you know, I'll just move it up. You know, I was really interested. That's why I picked it up instantly. I went that day 
And I was looking around and again, these two different communities. And I thought, you know, I'm just, I just got done reading somebody else's work that was very unique. And I went and picked up this and that book and I set it down. And as soon as I picked up Beyond Redemption and read the blurb on the back, I was like, yep, this is coming home with me. And I just think that, you know, people really need to consider that when writing too. And I am not trying to write towards a Brandon Sanderson audience. You know, nothing wrong with that. I just, I'm not. I feel like I am trying to write a, a, a similar audience to other authors, you know, and I have some grimdark stuff that I feel would be similar to yours. And, you know, character development, I think, I loved how you were talking about it um, with Crystal's books, how, uh, with her book where, you know, you said that you could literally take her characters or switch them around and it'd be a completely different story. And I think that's what I look for more in a book uh, is characters like Uhtred of Bedenberg, right? Like, especially, you know, the TV show, like, I feel like I would take that character and put him in any book and I would watch her read it. I love that character. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I don't care. You can put him in a space opera or at the bottom of the ocean. Like, I just don't care. Like I would watch that character or read about him anywhere. And I just think that, you know, some people come for the story. Like you guys were talking a little while back you know, plot versus characters. And I really think that the communities come down to, you know, really for me, and that's what Mallory and I are talking about, is is it characters or is it plot? And I actually think that people who enjoy indie, you know, books or, you know, your style of writing, I think come more for the characters than the plot. And I think other people come for the plot that want traditional. That's at least what the conversations I've been having with people uh, have seemed like. So, I kind of think it's kind of going that route in terms of marketing too. Yeah. So. I mean, there, there's always been that, that spread, even in traditional publishing. Yep. Um, I mean, if, if you look back a little farther, like more of the, like more of the science fiction side. Uh, but I mean, there's always been, I mean, for me, I, I kind of divide books into there are three categories. There's a plot book, which is, it's about the story. Yep. You know, like kind of the characters are somewhat interchangeable, but it's like, Get the ring to the mountain, throw it in the fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, the plot's the main character rather than the main characters. Yeah, there's the idea books, and that's more science fiction, where it's uh, some crazy person has been has figured out like, oh, what if I spin quantum entanglement like this, or <laughs> um, Project Hail Mary. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, The Martian, um, where like that's that's an idea book. The the writer had an idea and he sort of. He was like, okay, here's the character. I need to fit this idea. Ran with it. Awesome. Fucking love those books. Um, so I, lo I love plot books. I love idea books. And I love character books. And Crystal stuff, uh, Legacy of the Brightwash, pure character. If you put a different character in the same story, the story would change. Like, it could not be the same story. Yeah, yeah. With different characters. And see, yeah, like I said, like that when you were talking about it the other day on your guys' uh, season two, 37th episode, I believe, I, I instantly was like, okay, that for me brought it way up on my, you know, to be bought list and, and to be read because I've seen people talk about it a lot, but nobody's put it in terms that has advertised character to me. So when you said it, I was like, okay, I'm like, this is definitely one that, you know, has moved up there. And yeah, I just, I started thinking about it more the last couple of days since listening, I think I listened to the episode on Thursday and it just, to me, seems like I'm more of a character because like Conan, right? I will read any Conan book. doesn't matter the author, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a short story, Dark Horse, Marvel comic, whatever. Like I will read it. Don't care who the artist is. 
And, you know, you could, again, put him in any plot anywhere and I would read it because it's still the same character. And that definitely affected me the other day when, um, because I had brought that uh, episode and what you had said to Mark and that really sparked an interest for both of us when talking about character development and things like that. And um, we were talking about his book, Blood of the Spear. And, you know, he said, I really feel like that's how people will feel with my book as you just take them you know, even rearrange them from chapter to chapter because he's got the two brothers and, you know, they're both very different, kind of like, um, you know, Cameron and Raceland from Dragonlance, uh, the twins. And, you know, I thought, the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, that helped me now with my draft too because I'm thinking, well, I'm so worried about the plot. And I was like, well, I care more about characters. So I'm like, no wonder I'm having trouble writing plot, you know, or whatever, because that's not what I want to read. So why am I writing there? you know, that way. So it definitely helped me out quite a bit, but that kind of leads me to the next question. I really been wanting to ask for a while. Where do you get these ideas from? Because, uh, you know, like beyond redemption, like, and those of you guys that don't know, you know, I'm going to put the, your books in the, the description, uh, for the links. So make sure you check out the blurb for beyond redemption. Uh, do you want to just kind of give us like a quick overview? I know it's kind of hard cause it's a detailed topic, but yeah. just, uh, okay. So, I mean, the idea is, they, they always come from somewhere weirdly unrelated. I arrived by everything sort of obliquely. Um, okay. So beyond redemption, the, the entire concept of, um, all right, let's back up a little bit. Uh, faith and per, uh, belief defining reality, that's not new. Like, obviously I didn't, you know, I'm not the first. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Um, but that was in sort of, you know, I'd read books, uh, C.S. Friedman, her, oh, yeah. um, her stuff, and I'm gapping on the name, brilliant series. Uh, so her stuff kind of, I think, was like a, a spark in the background for me. Gotcha. Uh, weirdly, I was recording a rock band. I used to be an audio engineer. Uh, yeah, yeah. A rock band in Toronto called Dirty, Par- uh, Dirty Penny. Uh, they had a song about the interaction between uh the conquistador francesco pizarro and the incan emperor oh, that's cool. and uh in the song uh they spun the the inter the meeting the interaction as sort of like this conflict of worldviews uh and that planted this idea where like what if what if a perception defined reality and you have here's this one group of people who see reality one way and now they meet this other group of people who see reality differently mm-hmm. and um what if they're both right you know their their worldviews do define reality and so you get these this sort of like clash of realities um and then really just spun out of control from there um you know that sort of led me to thinking like okay so if if your beliefs define reality who is strong who's who is like powerful and it occurred to me that the people who are capable of believing absolutely insane shit, people who are just fucking broken, uh, who can believe really messed up things, they become the really powerful ones. Mm. Um, and so that led to this sort of like insanity-based magic system. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I just, I know you talked about it, you know, like I said, on your guys' podcast and you guys would you'll know a little bit more when you read that blurb but when i read it i was just like this is really cool and when you've talked about it a lot i just this is going to be like i've been telling people it's more of like a like a journeyman's podcast 
uh, rather than a beginner's. And I want to do that because there's people like me who are stuck on an idea or, you know, maybe aren't sure where to get new ideas. I have way too many. I have a whole book of them. I just need to get, you know, get crap done. And Honestly, the hardest part isn't coming up with ideas. The hardest part is going through your ideas and figuring out which one to chase. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, like, um, all right. What I, I never write an idea down. Okay. Uh, because uh, my, um, my litman, litmus test for ideas is if I forget it, wasn't that good. Uh, but the idea that bugs me for weeks and weeks and weeks, the idea that doesn't leave me alone, that's yeah. the one that becomes a book. And okay. so like, I never, I, because I'm not worried about, you know, like, oh, what if I run out of ideas? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't write any of them down. A- any idea that I forgot, and there are fucking tons of them, it's gone. But Beyond Redemption, Ghosts of Tomorrow, okay. Black Stoneheart, all of those, those are the ideas that literally pestered me every day for weeks and weeks. Yeah. And that's the one. That's the one you got to write. So if you're wondering which idea you should write, stop stop worrying about it. Put away the book and kind of wait to see which one bugs you. The <laughs> one that's the most annoying, that's the, that's the one you got to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice. I mean, I, I would say that I do it more in a convoluted way um, because the so basically like the four books that I've been working on uh, consistently are the ones that have stuck with me and kept bugging me and basically were like poking me on the shoulder like, hey, have you written us yet? Hey, have <laughs> you finished yet? You know, and so I think that that, that is great advice personally because I feel like that's how it's been for me. Like I write them down, but then I just kind of don't go back. But the ones, yeah, that really stick with me, I, I've been writing. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I did want to ask you uh just personally, like, like I said, I'm on draft two and uh, I know you've talked a little bit about this here and there. So I'm on draft two of book one. Right. And I know a lot of people that I've, I talked to a lot of people in the you know writing community and a lot of people are there. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast uh, is to help people out like me. Um, so I'm in this situation where I had a great idea and I wasn't prepared for it and I wrote it really horribly. And I'm thinking that since I'm stuck trying to fix it, I'm thinking about just scrapping it, saving it for later when I'm more experienced and just writing a whole, now that I'm you know, used to the process, just writing something new. And I got this other deal that's bugging me. It's a Griffin Rider series, but it is not contemporary and it's grimdark and it is as unique as you can get with Griffin Riders, I think. Um, and it has really good characters, uh, more importantly. What would you do if you were me? Would you... Right. Stop. I, I think chasing new ideas, I totally get that. Yeah, like yeah. I, I always want to do that because there's always like a shiny new idea. And the shiny idea, penny, yeah. Whatever idea you're not writing is way more interesting than the one you're writing. However, the one thing you have to do if you want to be a writer is finish shit. Exactly, uh, yeah. So my advice would be set aside the shiny new project that you want to work on um and fix the one that you've already written um the brilliant thing is you've written it it's done yeah, yeah. so now yeah, what yeah. you can do is read it through um figure out the holes do a read through where you don't make any changes you just drop comments to yourself Got figure it. out the holes figure out like how the end works how you got there 
you're going to need to go back. You're going to layer in like foreshadowing and stuff and sort of yeah. build to it better. Once you've got the ending though, you can make the ending make sense sort of after the fact. Um, and honestly, I would, um, instead of trying to do like, finish everything in one pass, um, think of it as like, you're going to do like seven or eight passes of editing. Yeah. yeah. Um, pass number one is going to be uh, fleshing out scenes because there's probably going to be scenes where you kind of like you did little shortcuts and you didn't take the time to really put it into the reader's head flesh those out make them real um, that's one pass you're not allowed to do anything else on that pass ignore everything else if you see something egregious make a note next pass is going to be say nailing character's voice. And that's all you're doing for that pass is like tweaking phrasing, tightening your dialogue. Um, and that's something else we can talk about another time. Um, but, and so figure out each, figure out your seven or eight things that you need to get done and just do separate passes. It means you're gonna read that oh, book yeah. like a fucking ton of times. <laughs> if you don't hate your book by the time you're done, hey, you haven't really done it right. Oh, cool. I'm already there. All right. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, uh, it's focus. Focus on one goal for each pass. Nail that. When you've been through the whole thing, then you get to go back and start again on your next pass. But do the work, finish the book, fix it. Because I think that's you, fabulous advice. If you toss that in the trunk now and write another idea, but then you just have to do the work later. Idea, but you haven't really put in the work on the last. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. And it's it's finishing that first idea that's that's going to teach you what you need to know to make the next idea better. I'm glad you said that because that's what like I, I've been talking to a few people about, just like me and Mark talked about on on Friday. And um he was like, Well, I don't want to tell you what to do. I'm like, but I was like, you wrote a book. <laughs> I was like, you're you're ahead. And we 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 talked about like, I don't know if it was our conversation two weeks ago or last Friday, but like how like he's on one mountain and I'm on the other, but like I'm here at the bottom, but then he's on the other mountain at the bottom, look it up <laughs> at somebody else. And it's like a range of mountains. And I was just like, oh, that's such a good way to put it. And it made me feel a lot better. But I like how you put that though, that I, I guess I was just overwhelmed the last couple of weeks. Like, okay, here, here it is printed. And I know there's mistakes. I know there's plenty of mistakes just, you know, with what I was trying to do, let alone what I have to do. So I like how you said that going through and just doing one thing at a time, because I feel like I'm an analytical thinker. And I think that that helps me far more than, and that's how I separate my life. You know, I'm going to do this today, this tomorrow. And yeah. I think that's a, that's great advice. Uh, I feel break like it down the same way to what happens too often is writers, they want to finish their book. Yeah. So yeah. Move on to the next thing. I totally get that. Um, and so they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do an editing pass wherein I fix everything. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe for some people who are just way smarter than we are. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Uh, but for, for the rest of us, focus on what you're going to do that pass. And like sometimes, so like I will do one pass where it's basically word murder. Hmm. Uh, so what I'm doing is It'll be, I'm looking for, was, that, had. And I'm just doing, I do passes where I just search for these kind of weak-ass words. 
which are killing my pros. Yeah, yeah. Because my my first draft is like brain barf. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so like there'll be a pass and usually the the tightening pass where I'm doing that kind of stuff, that's right at the very end. Because the, the, you know, that's not the important part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think that's really great advice. Yeah, I definitely feel better about that. Mallory and I were talking about that. I think she said she wrote six books and then her sixth book was actually Among Thieves, which um, is her uh, first debut out now. Um, And I think she said she did 26 um, different drafts of that book in itself. So I was just like, all right, (laughs) here we go. Number two. But that's what I was talking to her because like Brandon Sanderson with his online lectures um, before the pandemic hit was awesome for BYU. And he had mentioned how he wrote 13 books. This was, I was afraid of, he wrote 13. First of all, I wanted to be able to finish something, which now I did. But then he was talking about how he wrote like 10 to 13 novels, which one was way of Kings, uh, Elantris and Warbreaker. Uh, I loved Warbreaker. Um, and he said that, you know, nobody wanted them because he had not gone back and edited them. And then he just decided I'm going to write another book or go for the shiny penny. And then, you know, he just kept going back and then nobody wanted anything because he didn't actually go back. And like I said, one of those was Way of Kings, uh, especially. I think he uh, put two, two of the ideas together and did the first book for Way of Kings. So that's where I was afraid of with falling into what I call the Sanderson trap. And I feel like I get have gotten too involved over the years with the shiny penny and I get frustrated with the outlining process or whatever. And then I just move on to the next thing and then I've never finished anything. And people kept yeah. asking me this and that. And I'm like, well, I had to finish something. And then now I, they're like, well, you wrote it. I'm like, yeah, but it's also not done. And just knowing what I know now about outlining, it's just like, I feel like I didn't know anything about outlining. And I next still don't. Next book but. will be better. Yeah. Uh, next book will be better, but you got to finish this one first. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I, that would be my advice. Finish this one. Nail it. Take yeah. your time. You're right. You no, I, I think that's great advice. Uh, before we wrap up here, because I know Spotify is weird about the the size of podcasts and things, which is kind of frustrating, but um, I just want to invite you back, Mike. I'd love to have you back any other time, you know, talk about whatever, you know, we were talking about dialogue and stuff. And I have so many questions for you that, you know, we can't get in a, even like a whole 24 hours. Um, so I'd love to have you back in the future. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great. Um, I see, uh, and it, I had Clayton on the other day. So he's episode two. So you're going to be a little ahead, I think now, episode 12 or something like that. Um, and I'll give you a calendar date for that. Uh, what books are you currently promoting right now? I see a couple behind you. Yeah, I mean, same old, same old. I, I'm not even sure how many I have out right now. So technically, I guess I'm promoting all of them. But um, so uh, Clayton and I, we wrote Nariska Groans there. Uh, that has made it into the finals of the... Uh, SPFBO. Oh, I must have missed that. Congrats. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, super cool. So oh, that's, cool. that's great. Blackstone Heart, just, you know, buy my fucking books. Yeah. I bought that one. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get to that one after Beyond Redemption and, uh, and, um, oh, uh, Mirror's Truth. I, I just love that Mirror's Truth cover and I love the blurb. I saw it and I was like, I have to have this book. Um, yeah. But, uh, when I got Blackstone Heart, I thought it looks so cool online, but, Man, oh man, I went and took out one of my, because I have a few shelves where it's like, you know, books that I really love to, you know, to look at and, uh, and, and just enjoy the covers and just know they're there. They just make me feel good. 
And that was one of them I put right there because it just looks so much better in person. And to me, it's like, it's so fantasy, like it's not even funny. And uh, if you guys have not read the blur for Blackstone Heart, just just go do it. And I definitely going to have you back and we'll definitely talk more in depth about uh, that process because I know you've talked a, a little bit about it. Uh, and I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit more on that one. But I'll be putting that one as well in the descriptions and any other things, you know, uh, or places you want people to go and see right away. Uh, Norska Groans, I say it right this time, me and Clayton were practicing. Yeah. Man, okay. I, I, you know what? I never stress about pronunciation. <laughs> Everyone has their own, like, how they pronounce my characters' names. I yeah, enjoy. yeah. <laughs> well, I really enjoy, I have to say, and I talked to Clayton about this, I really enjoyed the first cover. Not that the second one, the second one is very provocative in a different way. I taught design for a long time and um, I was actually going to be either a graphic designer or an illustrator originally. And I love it. I love it. But there's just something about the cover behind you. Uh, and I had talked to Clayton about getting the original cover. Um, I just really, because that's the hardcover one, right? Uh, uh, this original. is actually first draft paperback. Oh, okay. okay. Although the hardcovers also have that art now. Oh, cool. But yeah, I just. Paperbacks, I think I've got two two or three of these left oh, cool. and then uh, the hard covers will be that cover paperbacks will be the new one. Oh, cool I, i'll probably get both just because i like both covers a lot but there was something about that cover and when I, you guys were talking about it on your podcast i just i thought that just matches to me the mood the tone and everything and just the feel of that story so uh we'll definitely be putting that link in there uh as well for you guys please make sure you go and check out you know clayton and mike's book uh, hopefully maybe, you know, we can have you back getting your perspective. I talked to Clayton about maybe having you both on at some point uh, so yeah. we can get your perspective. Um, and I know he had different things to say about co-authoring with you, nothing bad, but just different things that, you know, um, you guys didn't ask. And it was, you know, seeing that episode with you guys and, and listening to it, I've listened to it a couple of times. Um, it was just very interesting. And he talked about how, you know, there were different things that came up after the fact that, you know, he didn't really consider when, you know, he was on your guys' podcast the first time. Uh, so I'd love to get you guys on at some point and, you know, kind of get your take there, just the two of you and kind of go through that process a little bit more in depth. I think that that would be really helpful for people. Obviously, like I said, this is a journeyman podcast. So, you know, I'm sure that that'll be a higher level thing for some people, but I just feel that him and I broke it down so much um, in a simple manner that there were just a lot of great things that came out and, um, you know, you had a lot of great things today. That's one reason why I listened to you on, you know, your guys' podcast. Uh, so I'd love to get you guys together because I know that that'd be pure podcast magic. So I feel like that'd be a really good future one. So yeah, dude, anytime. Perfect. All right, Mike. Well, I'm going to uh, stop us here uh, just for that time limit. Again, love to have you back in the future. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I said, if there's anything you want to promote, uh, just let me know if you want any, you know, links or anything like that. Uh, I'll make sure people get there. We'll put it in the YouTube description. Uh, just so you guys know, by now, the Spotify will have been fixed uh, today and present time. Uh, we're still having a little bit of trouble getting those links on there, but I will get those up. So uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll actually be able to listen to me and Mike on Spotify. Uh, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. Again, Mike, thanks for coming. Uh, you guys can find this video on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, like I said, the audio will now be on Spotify by the time you listen to this. If you guys want to reach me, I'm at scholars of UMA. That's U-M-A at gmail.com. Let me know if you guys want to see anybody else on future podcasts or you really like somebody like Mike, for instance, and want them to come back. We'll make sure we get them back. 
and make sure if you have any questions about, you know, anything you, uh, that we talked about or, you know, anything you wanted me to ask future guests, please let me know. Feel free to send me any videos and pictures that are fantasy and sci-fi related. I'll make sure I get those up on the websites and everything. Mike, again, thank you so much for coming. I look forward to actually hearing your guys' podcast uh, this upcoming week. And I will talk to you on Twitter, I'm sure. And I hope you have a good rest of your Sunday, my friend. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks. Bye, Mike. Bye. Yep, thank you. I'll talk to you later.